0: I don't know if I can stand firm. (laughs) That's the title of my message. I can stand firm, but um, hallelujah. So the Lord gave me this message before I went to to speak at the other church last Sunday, and he was downloading all this stuff to me. And um, it comes from a a, a revelation, meaning an encounter that I had with the Lord, um, which I'm going to share with you in just a moment. But really, I just want to share from my heart today. Um, I always do, but um, I don't know how it's exactly going to come out. But, but um, oh man, God wants to prepare us because um, when he sends you out, the word of God says he sends us out like sheep among wolves. Um, the enemy is not happy at all about what we're doing in Pakistan. He's not happy at all that we're coming to the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. He is not happy, and, 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 and he is going to try everything he can to, to stop or to hinder or to distract or destroy our focus, and, um, and God just wants us to be warned. God wants us to stand firm. Amen. And so um, he says in John sixteen thirty three, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. As a matter of fact, Jesus is saying this. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. What did he do? He died on the cross. He went to to death, hell, and the grave, and he got the keys of the kingdom. He overcame the enemy, right? And so Jesus is telling us and he's warning us, in this world there's going to be troubles and trials and tribulations that come your way, but take heart because I'm with you, and I've already overcome all that stuff, right? Jesus said, I never leave you, never forsake you, I'm with you always, and so here comes my vision, and so I was spending time with the Lord, um, and um, just we have this new little um, office, and Clayton created a, or purchased, and, and uh, some people put together a fish tank, and we got the fish a, a day or two ago, really cute. Um, anyways, um, I'm sitting there seeking the Lord in this, this new little office that we created, and I'm worshiping God, I'm praying and just spending time with the Lord, and I just start soaking in his presence. And all of a sudden, I see Jesus sitting on my footstool. Like I'm sitting in this chair, and there's a footstool right in front of me. And Jesus is sitting there. And like I I want to explain to you that, you know, this is a closed vision, meaning my eyes are closed, but I see him. Um, you can have an open vision where like I see you, like I see you right now. I could see him. It's happened one time in my life, but most of the time it's a closed vision. But it's just as powerful, and we need to not brush it away and think it's nothing because it's something. And, and this, is, this, is, this whole message is proof that I have this encounter. Okay, so Jesus comes and sits on my footstool, and I lean towards him, and he says, and this is regarding all of us, what I have called you to do is not easy. There will be trials and tribulations and difficulties that arise. But do not worry, for my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. My grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. When you are weak, I will be strong. Well, when you have a visitation from Jesus, not really what you want to hear. (laughs) You want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm going to impart to you just... You know, grace and strength and power. Like, no, he's coming to me to tell me, there's troubles ahead, daughter. And I want to let you know so that you put your trust in me and don't waver. And right after Jesus spoke, he was still sitting there. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me very clearly. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, ask him, meaning Jesus, what he wants to tell you. Well, he just told me right? But he told, he told me, ask him what he wants to tell you. And so I asked again, and Jesus repeated himself. This time he said, ahead there are trials, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. I too endured temptation and trials, and no man is greater than his master. Meaning this is normal, but you can have confidence, you can have assurance, I'm with you, I'm going to see you through. I've already overcome the world, right? And so Jesus really just encouraged me that no matter what comes, he is with me, and I don't need to fear. This, this time with the Lord, when I was responding to the Lord, and, and he's, or I was asking the Lord for that second time, and he tells me it again, I instantly saw myself just... Um, walking in my hall of my house uh, upstairs like from the laundry room to my bedroom and doing dishes and, and doing different things that I normally do but everywhere I went I saw Jesus. Everywhere I went, whatever I was doing I saw Jesus with me. And that's the reality of our lives. He is always with us. He doesn't leave us alone to go through stuff on our own. He is always with us. Amen? And so I, I, I from that encounter, I started to dive into um, Jesus being with us in the storm, because that's what he was telling me. Troubles are arising, and, and I'm with you. In Mark 4, 35 through 40, Jesus calms the storm. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, and just as he was in the boat, There were also um, boats along with them, and a furious squall came up, and waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped, or nearly began to sink. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up. Imagine, like, your house is burning down. The ship is sinking. You're going to not be, like, calm, like, hey, by the way, we're drowning, No, they're yelling, what are you doing sleeping, you know? Um, So the disciples wake him up and said, teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? I just want to pause there for a second. I don't know if you've ever been in a storm where you are like, God, don't you care that I'm going through this storm? where are you? That's how they felt. Yet what's interesting is they know where he is and he's in the boat with them and they're still afraid. Don't you care that we're going to drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and he says, quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I want want to point out something here. In Matthew 35, it says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. What is that? That's Jesus giving direction for their lives. Let's go do this. I want you to do this for me. What happens immediately after Jesus tells them to go do something in faith? A storm arises. A storm that could trouble their waters. A storm that could cause their faith to waver. And their responsibility all along through that storm was supposed to be in the faith of what God said. but they got their eyes off of what God said and onto the storms of life. And all along, Jesus is right there in the boat with them. And that's the thing is, all along, no matter whether I'm doing the dishes, whether I'm walking into my bedroom, wherever I am, wherever you are, he is right there in the boat of life with you. No matter the storm, no matter the calm, Whatever situation you're in, he's right there with you. And here they are, even though Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, (laughs) is right there with them, they're in fear of drowning. And they saw him heal and deliver and set free, but yet they're in fear. And we kind of like, how could they be in fear? But the thing is, is what's funny is Jesus is always with us. And how many of you at time to time have been in fear of what you're going through? Wondering if God's going to bring you through. Wondering how is he going to work it out this time. Wondering. Well, he's always with us in the boat, just like the disciples. And, and we see that he says, where is your faith? He calms the storm. It dies down. And he said, why were you still afraid? Do you still have no faith? Notice Jesus, immediately after Jesus gives him the direction, this attack happens. And it's not a small attack. It's a big attack. It says a squall happened. you know what that is? It's like a tornado in the middle of the, the water. And it's sinking their boat. As soon as God tells them to do something, not to, like, cause fear in you, but God wants us to be aware of the enemy's tactics because when God gives you something to do, an assignment, the enemy is going to come to try to kill and steal and destroy the plan of God over your life. And we need to stand firm upon what Jesus said and not look at the circumstances of what the enemy's causing around us. So this wasn't just a small attack, but it was a furious squall. And it says, and, and it's, it was coming and breaking over them, nearly causing them to sink. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been in that specific boat before. A few times. Like, I'm sinking... Will somebody come and pull me out of the water? Or this storm is so rough, I don't know if I can hang on anymore. But God scolded them for not having their eyes fixed on him. He said, where is your faith? In what? In God, in his word, in what he said they were about to go do. I also noticed, as I was meditating on the word, that there in the boat, like I said, was Jesus himself, and they still faced a storm. So just because Jesus is in your boat doesn't mean you're not going to face a storm. Didn't he just say in this passage, in this life, there will be troubles? So when he came and sat on my stool, he said that very thing. There are troubles ahead. It's really, he was just quoting a scripture. In this life, there will be troubles. But we don't have to fear like the disciples feared, because he's with us. And he's overcome the world. He's overcome and defeated the enemy. And we need to believe that more than the the tactics of the enemy. Amen? Amen. We need to realize Jesus is in the boat with us. If we will stay, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and if we will keep our eyes and keep ourselves in the presence of the Lord, he will bring us through to the other side. He will. How can I say that with confidence? Well, just read Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, does it mean that you're not going to be in a storm? No, absolutely not. It means you're going to go into a storm. But you're abiding in a secret place. Amen. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. I will trust him. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler. So that means there is an attack. From noise and pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings um, shalt thou trust. His trust shall be my shield and my buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day. Whatever the attack Day or night, you don't have to be afraid. Jesus is in the boat with you. If you make him your dwelling place, if you make him your fortress, you are guarded and protected by him. If he says, let's go over to the other side, but storms arise, you do not need to fear. And that's what he was saying. Darling, (laughs) daughter, I'm here to talk to you about something. Some storms are brewing but I don't want you to be afraid I don't want you to feel alone I'm right here with you we don't have to fear he already overcame the devil he already overcame anything in this world can I see through these tears A 1,000 can fall at my side, and 10,000 are at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. I wish I would have chose a different version. There shall no evil befall thee. It won't be victorious. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. Now keep in mind that he says, if you make the Lord your shelter. If you make it a habit of living in his presence. See, outside of the will of God, you're putting yourself in danger outside of God's presence and, 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 and living in, in, in sin or disobedience, you're, you're setting yourself up for disaster. The, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And, and when he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, what he's doing is he's tempting, he's, he's testing, he's seeing if he can get you outside of that shelter so that he can kill, steal, or destroy. But if you make the Lord your habitation, and you keep under the shadow of his wings and his presence. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear thee; um, they'll bear thee up with their hands, and um, you won't even dash your foot against a the stone. They shall tread; you shall tread upon a lion and adder. What's an adder? The young lion and the dragon. You shall trample, trample under your feet, trample because he shall set his love upon me therefore i will deliver him i will set him on high because he has known my name he will call upon me and i will answer him now this kind of sticks out to me when the when the devils who who the I, I don't I forget, the sons of Skeva or something like that. They were trying to cast out devils um, without authority, really. And, and they said, Paul we know, and Jesus we know, but who in the world are you? <laughs> and this just kind of reminds me of that for this reason. He says, if we make the Lord our habitation, if we make his presence our safety place, if we make a habit of, of, of living a life in the shelter of the Most High, he says, that one, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in times of trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You cannot claim that if you're not living in the shelter. I think from time to time, each one of us had a, have had an opportunity where we maybe were disobedient and we lived outside the shelter. And we've had an attack that God never wanted to happen to us. But when we're in the boat with Jesus, in his shelter, in his protection, he still doesn't say there's not going to be a storm, but he does say, you don't have to fear because I'm with you all the way and I'm going to bring you to the other side. I think I'd rather be in the boat with Jesus than out there without my armor on, without my protection of the Most High. Amen? So the Lord knows what awaits us, and he knows the plan of the enemy is to kill, to steal, to destroy God's plan for our lives. So the Lord tells us, take heart, or don't worry, like, settle this in your heart. I'm with you, and I have already overcome the enemy. He might rear his head. He might roar like a lion and look who he can fool and devour. But don't fear, for I've over- already overcome him. We know this passage, John ten ten. The thief comes. He comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. If you're taking notes, Matthew 10, 16, I already said it. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. So then, therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So so we're sheep going out into a field where there's wolves. We know what wolves do to sheep. They try to kill them. So it's better to stay in the sheepfold... And it's also much better to stay with the shepherd. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about the great shepherd. But it is also protection to stay in a sheepfold. There's safety in numbers, right? So we don't need to fear. But God wants us to be prepared. And that's what today is about. He wants us to be prepared or these these storms that arise he is with you and he's not leaving you but you got to keep in the boat keep in the shelter of the most high right and then don't be prepared, don't be um dismayed or don't be worried when things arise in first peter 5:8 he tells us be sober like stay alert be sober be watchful For your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion. He's seeking who he may devour. Who is it he may devour? He may devour those who are not watching. He may devour those who are not making the Lord's presence their habitation. These are the ones he may devour. But the ones that are in the boat with Jesus, they were unscathed. They were not harmed. They might have had a little bit of of of, uh, shaking them, you know? They might have been a little afraid of of what they were going through, but did they not make it to the other side? Did he not calm the storm? He did. He calmed the storm for them. So Jesus coming to me to tell me about storms ahead, (laughs) um, it wasn't really um, to discourage me about negative things that are going to arise, but to encourage me, rather. And he wants to encourage us um, that as we receive further revelations, there may be afflictions that arise for the, the, the word's sake, that tries to steal the word, tries to get us to doubt, tries to get our, our minds off track from being focused on what we've been focused on. But God, the reason for the for the visitation was... Be encouraged. He is with us, and he's not going to leave us, and he's going to bring us to the other side. And by the way, he's already given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. They're there with Jesus, and he bound the storm, right? But now he's given us the power and the authority to use his name to bind the storm. I love that God allowed... um, Paul to face hardship, sorry Paul, <laughs> because it teaches us a lesson. Paul faces hardships and he's smack dab, and God makes it clear, in the will of God. I mean, he's doing what God's telling him to do. The disciples are in the boat with Jesus, for goodness sakes, <laughs> and Jesus is telling them what to do, yet storms arise. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong necessarily, but what your outcome is is determined by where you're living. Are you outside of the boat or are you inside of the boats? Paul faces shipwreck mob, left for dead, and perils of prisons, this and that. But he says, none of these things move me. He's moved by the Holy Spirit, and he's strengthened by the power of the Spirit to accomplish the will of God. Why did he need to be strengthened? Because there's storms. The Holy Spirit's on that... We need to depend on the Holy Spirit. We need to spend time in God's presence because every day we need to be strengthened because there is an enemy out there and he's seeking who he may devour. And if you're not guarded up with the you know the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, you know the helmet of salvation, you're not prepared for battle. And you go out into the battlefield. What do you think is going to happen? He says, be on watch. Be ready for your enemy is like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Paul didn't learn his lesson yet, what we're learning today. okay? And he says, three different times I begged the Lord, take this away from me. Whatever it was he was going through at the time. Each time the Lord said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. A light bulb goes off. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness. In my, listen to this, it's crazy. In my insults, in my hardships, in my persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ because then when I'm weak, I am strong. What, what happened here? He learned to depend on the Holy Spirit's strength. He learned to stop trying to fight his own battle because the battle is the Lord's. He learned to wage war on the enemy in the secret place of the Most High. He learned to use the keys of the kingdom and bind on earth and it would be bound in heaven and loose on earth and it would be loosed in heaven. He learned to tap into the anointing, the power, the grace, and the strength of God when he felt weak. Suddenly, the power of Christ rose up and he was strong. So he, he, the reason he can say this is I'm excited when I have persecutions and, and insults and this and that because I get to watch God work yeah. and watch how he can supernaturally deliver me and set me free because I know My feet are planted and I'm standing firm and I'm staying in the boat with Jesus and I'm not going to be moved. So I get to see the outcome no matter what the storm is doing. I'm looking over to the other side and I'm not going to be moved. Paul, at this point, when he's like, Lord, take this from me. I don't know if you've been through a trial that lasted more than a week. (sighs) take this from me. This is how he felt. He was exhausted from the fight. Who here has ever been exhausted from some kind of spiritual fight, right? Spiritual battle. It's exhausting. Not realizing that God's with him in the boat all the time. And God wants to fight our battles. We look at Jehoshaphat. We look at Joshua in the battle of Jericho. It wasn't in their own strength they conquered the enemy. It was simply because they made the Lord their shelter. It's because they got into the presence of God and let God fight their battle. Or they got the knowledge of God and God showed them how to fight the battle. God showed them how to get to the other side. It's not going to do us any good to be outside of the will of God, living in sin, getting all worried and flustered or whatever in the storm. When the whole problem is you're sinking because you're in the water when you should be in the boat in the presence of the Lord with Jesus. We cannot blame God if we're living outside of his presence. What caused Adam and Eve to get outside of his presence? Sin. Why does the devil try so hard to get us into sin? Because then we're vulnerable. Jesus. So I'm sure we've all been exhausted from time to time from fighting a battle, but we need to realize it's not for you to fight. You fight it on your knees. And shame the devil. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, come to me. This is the answer, people. All of you who are weak and weary and carry heavy burdens. What was Paul? He was weak. He was weary. He was exhausted. And he carried heavy burdens. Come to me. Come to me. All of you who are weak and weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. He is the answer. They were fighting to live with him right there in the boat because they weren't coming to him. The moment they came to him, Jesus calmed the storm. I want to take a lap. (laughs) Come to me, all of you who are weak and weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon on you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart. And this is where you're going to find rest for your souls. No more weariness. No more burdens. No more take this, Lord, from me. This is where you're going to find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burdens light. We get to go along for the ride like your message the other night. He's taking the the heave ho and we just get to ride along. Yeah. Do you ever pull a kid in a wagon? We're in the we're in the wagon. <laughs> if you come to him, you're in the wagon. Yeah. Zechariah 4:6 it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the spirit of God. God wants us to trust in him and his power and his might. Don't lean to our own understanding. How are we going to get through the storm this time? Let's just swim our way out. I can't swim real well, so I'd be doggy paddling out. It's not going to work real good. This is where the scripture comes in so clearly. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord or go to him in all your ways. Acknowledge him. He's got the grace. He's got the strength. He's got the power that's made perfect in your weakness. In all your ways, whatever you're going through, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He will make straight your path, and that path is going to lead to the other side of that storm. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, wisdom, understanding, counsel. He will instill in us, if we'll just come to the Lord, if we'll just go to him, if we'll just go sit at his feet, talk a lot about this, but this is where everything is. This is where our inheritance is, is at the feet of Jesus in his throne room. Come to me and we'll receive whatever it is we need. Grace, strength, forgiveness, help, impartations of, of, of divine strength, knowledge, wisdom of how to deal with the storms ahead. He will show you, what. that's what he's saying, he will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll show you which path to take. He'll show you how to handle that storm. He'll show you how to get to the other side. So, what we need to do, uh oh, okay. What we need to do is be aware as we move forward in what God has for us, be aware that there is an enemy, there is an adversary, the devil, and He's lurking and He's seeing how can I trip them up this time? How can I hinder them from fulfilling this? I I do not want them to fulfill this. Um, um, Devil's over here, devil's over there. Why don't you go ahead and just try this, try that, try this, try that. Stop them. And God says, stand firm. Do not be moved. Do not be shaken. I'm in the boat with you. I've already told you to do this, which means you're going to accomplish it. I've already told you to do this, which means I have instilled in you everything you need to live this life of godliness. First John 4:4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's saying we've already overcome these storms. We've already. It's a done deal. It's a wrap. So what in the world are we worried about? It's a mirage in a sense. It's not real. It's a virtual reality. Anybody play those? (laughs) It's kind of strange. Um, So we all, God's saying stand firm. We all need to be on guard and not give the enemy a foothold. Not give the enemy permission. How dumb do we, how dumb are we sometimes? I used to teach an abstinence class for Bethany Christian Services and go around to all the junior highs and high schools. And uh, I would teach about allowing, uh, in my own way, allowing sin in. And um, I, said, I would say, you, you, you crack open the door an inch, you know, the devil's going to take a mile. And, and truly... That's why God's saying, don't give the devil a foothold. Like, don't give in to sin. Don't give in to the flesh. Stay in my boat. Stay in my shelter where you're protected. So we need to be on guard and not give the enemy place in our lives so that we can stay under the shadow of his wings. So that we can have confidence when we're in that boat and the storms do arise that we're going to end up on the other side. The devil is not going to win because we have already overcome him. Because Jesus is in us. Here's that passage, Ephesians 4, 27 through 30. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Some of us might not even think of that as a sin, but God doesn't like it. That gives a foothold to the enemy. If you're a thief, that does as well. Quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work and give generously to those in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words can be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do not bring sorrow, and God's just kind of covering it all with a blanket. Don't bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption so you don't want to grieve the one who's saving you how rude (laughs) how appalling we don't want to appall God so don't so what's God saying don't get angry and sin I know Jesus got upset you know at their sin was turning over the tables, but he says, Be angry and sin not. Yeah. You can be righteously upset that someone's giving in to sin. That's different. Don't do these things because, in doing them, you give the enemy that foothold or that inch. You give the enemy an open door. Nowadays, even in nice neighborhoods, you do not want to leave your door unlocked. In fact, most people have a security system of some kind. Why? Because it's an invitation for a thief to come and kill and steal and destroy what belongs to you. So it is with your life, spiritually speaking, you don't want to give place or leave the door cracked open as like a welcoming, come on in devils, wreak havoc, cause chaos. I love it. No, if you don't want to be in that kind of bath, if you don't want to be, I mean, that's how somebody, some people are kind of like, they don't want to go through the trials that they live, 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 live in ways that displease God, and they're leaving the door open. They're not living in the boat with Jesus and following his plan and purpose. So if you're t- tired of fighting, make sure, first of all, that you're in the boat with Jesus. And then second of all, just have assurance and have peace and just keep your eyes focused. Don't let those storms move you because he's right there with you. Don't give the enemy any kind of advantage. He's, he already as annoying as it is. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It's a fight. Life is a fight. Fight the good fight of faith and don't waver. How in the world can we go through a storm and waves are coming and going? It's like a water ride. It's like a roller coaster. How can we not waver if we're being wavered? You got to keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. You got to keep your eyes and your ears focused on what he has spoken to you. And know that he wouldn't tell you something that was gonna bring you harm, but the enemy's trying to stop it. So stop looking at those things. Use the authority. Don't just let it happen. Do something about it. Don't fear. I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Bind the enemy, loose the angels, break his power over your mind, over your family, over your whatever. Don't let it just happen. Take authority over it. He tells us how to do it by this illustration. He commands and calms, peace, be still. Yeah, yeah. And they're immediately over at the other side. That was an excitement. I want to be immediately over at the other side. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Three more days, people. Three more days. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, that's so sad. The fast is three more days. Okay. All right. Oh. Okay. Ephesians 6. You guys must be having an easier time than I am. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, this is our instruction. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of what? His might. How are we supposed to do that, Lord? The storm is here. Put on the whole armor of God so that you're able to stand, stand what? Firm. Not being moved by every wave that comes your way. That was like a dance move. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness um, of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So take unto you the whole armor of God so that you're able to stand or withstand the day of evil, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shed abroad with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take up the shield of faith. Have faith in God. What did he say? Let's go over to the other side. What did he say? Do this for me. Do that for me. When the storms come and the distractions come and the temptations come, you're supposed to still be doing what he's called you to do. So take authority over those distractions and keep moving forward. Above all, take up that shield of faith where you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And don't forget, pray all the way through. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watch with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. In other words, pray for them too. Because everybody's going through something. Not one of us is not going through something. We all go through trials and tribulations for the word's sake. As And, and so I want to encourage you like Jesus encouraged me. As you're in the boat and as he directs your footsteps, just be aware and be prayed up in the spirit. And put on the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. I physically put it on every single day just so that I do it. So I'm consciously aware that I'm walking in the peace of God. I'm I'm letting the peace of God rule and reign in my heart and mind. I'm putting on the the shield of faith and the the belt of truth. I'm walking in the truth and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Um, Why? Because I'm about to head out to battle, and I'm on this battleship with Jesus in my boat with me, (laughs) and there's some waves ahead. There's some storms a-brewing. And I want to fulfill the course. I want to end up on the other side. And I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You did what I asked. You didn't throw in the towel. You didn't give up because storms arose. You did it anyway. I kid you not, the night that I had Jesus come to me, that same night I had a dream. In this dream, all I saw was a a tree and a snake in the tree. But then I saw a hand take the snake, throw it down. I'm assuming it was Jesus took the snake, threw it down, and I stomped on it. And I heard the scripture that he will um, be crushed under our heel. Romans 16, 20 says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. The power of God is with you to crush Satan under your feet. You do not have to fear. He gives you power. When you're weak, he is strong. If there's some kind of emotional bombardment, some heaviness, some burden, some despair, and you just don't feel like getting out of bed, get that snake and get it under your feet because it's just an attack of the enemy. Yep. Don't put up with it. Don't just let it go on. Satan is under our feet. Revelations 1.18. I am the living one. I died but look, I'm alive forever and I hold the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you authority. Now trample on these snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy so that nothing will by any means hurt you. Isaiah 54, 17. This is just encouragement. This is how we can be prepared. No weapon. We speak the word. You see what's coming. Or you feel what's coming, and you speak and declare, and you loose the angels on the scene, and you say, no weapon that is formed against me is going to prosper. You can try all you want, but it is not going to prosper. You are not going to be successful in this attack. For all who rise against me, don't you see that I'm still standing? They always fall. Okay, I'm almost done. Acts 20, 18 through 24. This is Paul talking about his journey. When they arrived, he said to them, You know, I've lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came to the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility, listen to this, and tears in the midst of severe testings and plots of my Jewish opponents. He was being attacked. He's serving the Lord, yet he's being attacked. And he's in tears because it's hard. It's hard. It's difficult to be attacked. It's difficult to go through storms, isn't it? But God says, take heart. Jesus says, I'm in the boat with you. And he says, have faith. He told the disciples, have faith. Where was your faith? Have faith. I'm in the boat with you. And we now have the authority to use the name of Jesus. And you know, even though he was going through that, he says, I have not hesitated to continue preaching anything that would be helpful to you, but... I have taught you publicly from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now I am compelled by the Spirit, and I'm going to Jerusalem by the Spirit of God, by his direction, and I don't know what's going to happen to me there, except that I know the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are ahead. Isn't that what Jesus warned me of? Some hardships are ahead, but don't worry not prison, in Jesus' name. I'm not eating that food, no. (laughs) However, listen, just because of hardship, you don't give up because that would say, okay, devil, you can have the victory this time. He does not deserve that. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying the good news of the grace of God. He didn't care. What was coming against him at the time when the Lord finally told him, "My grace is sufficient for you; my strength's made perfect in your weakness." He he had this epiphany moment that he could depend on God and His strength as long as he stayed in the boat with Jesus, everything would be okay. He could take authority over the enemy. He can have peace in the middle of the storm in jail and just all right. Well, I guess I'm just going to sit here for a while, so I'll write half the Bible. Like he was productive. No matter what storm came, he didn't allow—literally didn't allow it—to move him, and he wasn't moving. Yet he still moved in the Spirit. It doesn't—it doesn't mean when you go through stuff, it doesn't mean you're in the wrong direction. You do want to check yourself, make sure you're not outside of the will of God, because that would mean you're outside of the boat, uh, the shelter of the Most High. So correct yourself real quick. Confess your sin and he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But sometimes when we're faced with storms, it's for the Lord's sake. It's because of the call. It's because of what he's asking you to do. And this message is to help you to stay on task. Because he says, in this world, there are going to be troubles. But take heart. This is how you overcome it. I've already overcome it. Amen. So, Paul, he wanted more than anything. He's like, I count my life as worthless unless I fulfill the call of God, unless I finish this course with joy, unless I hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful to fulfill this call. You've been faithful to do what I asked you to do, no matter what the circumstance. In Acts 20, 24, he says, But none of these things move me, neither do I count my life as dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of grace. Doing God's work is the only fulfilling thing there is in this world. Doing what God's called you to do is what brings you joy. And when you have joy, you have strength. So what Paul's talking about is that he was doing the will of God, but storms came and he didn't allow it to detour him from what God called him to do. And so we, too, need to stand firm and not let these things discourage us or detour us, but just keep moving forward and stay in the shelter and use our authority and use the keys of the kingdom. Amen? Finally. 1 Peter 5, 7, and 9. Cast all your cares, your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. And I said this verse already, but be alert and sober in mind for your enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. But resist him and stand firm in your faith when that happens. Because you know your whole family of believers is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Every one of us goes through different things. What are we going to do? What makes one person a success and not the other? The one person decides, I'm not going to let this move me. I'm going to do what the word of God says to do. I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to bind the enemy using the keys of the kingdom. I'm going to use the name of Jesus. And I'm not, I am not going to open the door to the enemy and step outside the boat. I'm going to stay in the boat where I'm in the shelter of the most high. I'm going to stay in the presence and in the will of God. Listen, James 4, 7, submit yourself to God. Do God's will. Stay in God's presence. Then if you resist the devil, he'll flee. If you're outside of the will of God and you try to resist the devil, he's like, no, 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 I got permission over here. But submit to God Live surrender to God, and the devil comes to try, to test, to tempt, to detour you? You say, no, because I've got authority. I'm staying right in the sight of God, and in the name of Jesus, get out of here, Satan. You're under my feet. I just want to encourage you today. Don't give up. Stand firm. Keep moving forward. We are moving forward. We are being moved by the Spirit of God from glory to glory. Yes, yes. And the enemy hates it. And I don't know if you can tell, but I know that there's more, some more troubles and things personally arising in people's lives. But don't be discouraged because we're going in the right direction. That's what Paul encountered. He was going in the right direction when these things happened. Galatians 6, 9, he tells us, don't allow yourself to get fatigued in doing what is good. At just the right time, you will reap a harvest crop if you don't give up. You're going to get to see the other side, and sometimes suddenly. Amen. Amen. Let us work for the benefit of all, um, let's see, right um, don't give up or quit right now. Therefore, every time we get a chance, let us work for the benefit of all, start, um, starting with all people closest to us in the community of faith. In other words, encourage one another. Build each other up. You see a, see a problem, see an issue, see how, a way that you could help then help them, lift them up, because we need each other. When, when, when we were going through some storms and the enemy, and, and my goodness, the enemy, God came and visited me, and then I had that dream about the snake, and then immediately, like two weeks of storms, it's been pouring, <laughs> but Jesus is in our boat. Jesus is in the boat with us, Amen. And I was blessed this morning and and I'm I'm so excited. I feel like even though sometimes storms feel like a long time, and um I said this the other day, sometimes you sometimes you think like you've had a suddenly, like a miracle or whatever, but really it was a, a working miracle for fifteen years. <laughs> Somebody's been praying you through or whatever. But anyways, I feel like a suddenly, like a <laughs> immediately over to the other side and and um so, Jesus had come. I had this awesome encounter, but it was not awesome what came ahead. But um, I'm laying in bed this morning, and all of a sudden I had a vision, and it was glorious. It was me and Jesus holding hands, and we were just leaving the calm lake behind us. The storm is over, I heard storm is over he was holding my hand in the storm but he it was calm in this vision and I heard the storm's over and and what he shared with me he said what I go through or what I experience is also for who he gives me to teach so I declare to you today the storm is over The storm is over. I speak and declare over you today, peace, be still. Father, I just thank you, Lord, right now for peace guarding our hearts and minds, for supernatural um, impartation of grace and strength to see us through to the other side, God. Let us not become weary in fighting the good fight and doing what is good because at the right time we will reap and see ourselves in victory. Thank you, Jesus. You have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your word We thank you for the encouragement by your spirit. We thank you that your word is alive and sharper than a double-edged sword. Father, we just give you glory and praise. Lord, I thank you for victories in this house. I thank you, Lord, for victories in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that no weapon that the enemy has formed against us will prosper. In fact, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command every weapon to to fall now, right now. Every attack, right now. Be defeated now, in the name of Jesus. Satan, you are under our feet, so get out of here in Jesus' name. We will not put up with it any longer. We command you in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ to flee from our families, flee from our homes, flee from our bank accounts, flee from our jobs in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Well, we're going to go ahead and take up to